Hello, welcome back to A&R's Super Sunday Q&A. Hope you all had a good week. It's great to be back for the third show of the series. And uh, with me, as always, is Ryan. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. We've had a few, a bit of a bombardment of uh, messages from things to get on social media, but yeah, apart from that, all good. Zayzus is can't, it's confirmed. Bar Arsenal is confirmed now, so yeah. Yeah, that'd be uh, a big, big signing that we ought to get out of the way, wouldn't it? Yeah. So it's well, that sounds bad to say to get out of the way, but you know what I mean. To get that over the line, and so we can move on to other targets like, you know, the, the, the Rafinha one and yeah. others that have been linked Martin. with Martinez and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. That'd be really, really good. And like I say, I think he'll fit into the team absolutely seamlessly personally uh, Gabriel Jesus so let's hope that there's no last minute hiccups on that one then but yeah like I say I think we've uh, agreed the fee and everything like that and it's hopefully touch wood there's not much more to go that can go wrong with it moving forward but yeah um, let's uh, crack on with the show um, we've had uh, a question or two you mentioned one that you found uh, as well uh, online. So if you want to start, start us off, Ryan. Yeah, it's from Chris Bollard. He's asking, how do you feel about fans already saying that with these signs, Arteta should get a minimum of top four or he should be sacked? Um, oh, yeah. I do think we need to aim for top four, but I don't... But it, the, but there are some caveats in there. I mean... It's not a guaranteed situation to get top four. With the, and Ryan's gone. I'll continue with my answer. Um, it's not guaranteed that we're going to get top four, despite you know whatever we do in the transfer market, because there's so many other good teams also strengthening out there. But um, say for say for argument's sake, we just narrowly missed out on top four purely because. You know of the, of the quality of the opposition, but we went on and won the Europa League. Then I certainly wouldn't want him sacked in that situation. No. So there's certain caveats. I don't think top four is the be all and end all, dependent on what we do elsewhere. I mean, there's three cups to go for. I'd love us to win more silverware. Um, that's what football's all about for me. You know, it's it's not just about where you finish in the league. I mean. Mm. Is it a better season if you finish fourth but with no silverware or whether you finish fifth and you get a couple to? Uh, for me, it's the second one because I think football's all about winning, winning trophies. So yeah. that's where I stand. I mean, where do you stand? I'm pretty much just the same. I mean, the pressure's... The, well, I said before the, the, at the end of last season, it's basically... Uh, some In terms of everyone involved at the club and Cronkies involved in this as well, it's... It was make or break because the, the cynic in me, and as you know, I've said this plenty of times. I there's a cynical part of me that was, that thought last summer's spending was due to them trying to keep us quiet on the backlash of what happened in the Super League debacle. So it was, it was huge. They had to. It was either make or break. Either step up again and back the manager, or if they didn't face the rough for the fan base. And it looks like that and again they're back to nasty 150 mil. It looks like they would be spending around about that and more this year. 
So over the course of two summers, we'll, we'll be close to around 400 million, close to, depending on how much we spend in this summer. Um, pressure's on him now. It's all on him because he's now, he can't say he's not being back. Unlike when, when Miami was here, we can we can actually say, to be fair, he asked the players he didn't get. Um, if it seems from day one, I've set us after a player, and nine times out of ten, he's got them. Mm. No question, no questions asked, basically. And we're doing, and especially this year, we've gone early. We're getting our business done before the preseason. It's even got underway. Most if all these things just get announced in the next couple of days or so officially by the club. Going by who we've been linked with, all we've got to do is get Rafinha dealt with and um, Martinez on Ajax. That's most of our business done, assuming we're going back in for teammates at the end of it all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's and that, again, that's huge because again, as I say, he's being backed. It's not just being backed. It's Premier League. We're getting Premier League proven players, and the majority of the, play, the incomings that are coming in, by the looks of it, a couple yeah. of outsiders in terms of if it goes ahead, the Martinez deal and um, Fabio Vieira. All the majority of our signings are Premier League proven. Now it's in terms of squad depth and experience, something we lacked last year. Yeah. And we're in, more, we're in an extra competition now compared to last year. So the pressure's been on from, from day dot, especially with the favourable start to the season that we've been given, if we've been brutally honest here. Mm-hmm. If we don't get off to a good start, and we're not in around, either in the top four or just outside it by the time the World Cup hits, you know what our fan, you know what our fan base and the media are going to do. They're going to crucify him. He knows that, obviously, and I think everyone knows that, really. He's under a lot of pressure to deliver, but like I say, it's just the way that the question was worded. Mm. We all want improvement, further improvement from last season. But like I said, I just just to say again, if he wins like the Europa League, but just yeah. finishes outside the top four, then oh, I'm okay. certainly not I'm going to be rejoicing. Oh, right. I'm not going to be calling for his head in that case. Yeah, I'm going exactly. to be backing him even more than I do, you know. Yeah, if, if, if anyone's calling for if if he had, if that was to happen, obviously, if he's finished, finished up by a point, for example, about one Europa League and got us in the Champions League that route, but we won silverware by doing that, anyone in their right mind can't be calling for his head. They can't mm. because he's won something. He's got us back in the Champions League, but he's won us a trophy as well. Exactly, a, Euro- yeah. a European trophy at that. Something ever won it since '94. Exactly, well, it's all hypothetical. But I mean, like I say, I, I, it depends. The, the question to the answer is: it depends. Hmm. If we win nothing and we don't improve from last season after all the backing that he's had, he's going to be under severe pressure. But um, we we'll have to see to see how it unravels. Um, another question from Twitter, which is uh, by T, who is at Man on Pod Thomas. Um, would you go for Tielemans this summer or keep Xhaka for another year, hope to get Champions League football and go for someone better than Tielemans next summer? That's a, uh, I'll go for Tielemans now just because you've got, you got, you got a year left. What, the year left his contract currently? Yeah, yeah. Go for him now. The only thing that's helped the football stalled at the moment is apparently from what I'm hearing is the agents asking for a bit more of a fee for them. So we sort of want to get everything else done. We go back and deal with them later. Sort of, I think that's what how it's come about. But I'd go for, go and get him. We spoke about this a couple of weeks ago on this uh, on this show. Someone asked if it, if we were to be in Tienemans, would it be the end of part? And we said it would actually be the end of Jacker. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I would personally, I would go and get teams because it gives us, with all due respect to Granite and all that, not just he, not just teams got a better discipline record. It just gives our midfield a bit more balance as a whole for the for the trio that we've got that we'd have going forward in terms of we'd have Partey hop at the anchor of the pivot. He'll, st- he'll obviously stay back and then Tiedemans would move slightly forward as a link up between the, the, the mid, obviously midfield and um, Odegaard in the attack. Which is the attack, and you look at the attack potentially, is going to be lethal, <laughs> even more lethal next season. There's going to be a lot of goals coming from this, hopefully, touchable. Mm. Exactly, yeah. I, th- I, I think that the, the clue there is in the question is hope that we keep Jack for another year and hope we get Champions League football. I think we can't just hope that we get Champions League football. We need to give ourselves the absolute best opportunity of getting Champions League football. Yeah. And like you said, no disrespect to Jack. I think we've seen the best two seasons of him since we've had him um, over the last couple. Um, And he's, you know, he's he's been good for us. Um, But we need to take things further forward now and we need to upgrade wherever we see possible upgrades available and for me that there is an upgrade opportunity there with Xhaka mm. so every day of the week we go for Tiedemans I mean or someone that we've not even thought of yet someone else for that particular role um you know Zinchenko for example could be another option but I I do think we we still need to go and get someone there. Um, for me, that's that's definite. And Steve, the Arsenal misfit, uh, thanks for joining us, Steve, again. Um, and he said, so we have our man in the middle, great news, but I still think we need another striker to be a target man in a plan B. Mm. That's just not in Ketia. I, I personally think if we get Rafinha, that is that other striker for me. Yeah. I think he's the other striker opportunity. I've mentioned it before. When we brought in, I'm not comparing the two players at this stage whatsoever, but when we brought in Henri, he was a wide player who ended up converting into being a striker. I don't know whether that's going to be the case for him particularly, but I think that he's another one that could play that role um, for something different uh, up front. I, I, I think he's not only going to be playing on the right in the sort of sacker position at the moment, but I think he could be that man as well. What about, what about you? Yeah, I reckon so as well, because he said about Henri, uh, Fred, uh, Freddie Lundberg came in as a striker, signed as a striker, got 30 yeah. winger. Yeah. Uh, Lovain, yeah. it was a central midfield, converted into a right back. We had Walcott, was, Dillian and Daly in between yeah. the two. <laughs> between the two, he couldn't make his mind When he wanted the contract, he wanted to be a striker. As soon as he got the contract, no one would be a winger again. Yeah, exactly. And um, what was it... Um, Oxford Chamberlain, he was a midfielder for us, but obviously Wenger and us knockings of Oxford's time at Arsenal was put out on the wing because of his pace and athleticism he had there. Ainsley, most recently, even though he wants to be a midfielder, he's been converting against his will uh, as a right as a right back, so that's left back, wing back, whatever you want to call it. So there's history, history, there's history there, even recent history, where we have that versatility. In fact, we can convert players from one. They might they might come through or be brought in as a said uh, position, but we we mould them into a new position and a new a new style of play. I mean, um, even Bakayo Saka, 
broke through. Yeah, he broke through. Broke through as a winger, but there's times where he's had to play left wing back for the club. And uh, and I said his early uh, days at the club, and now he's now he's a right, he's on the right wing at the moment, obviously. And people obviously in terms of Rafinha as well, having a meltdown. Oh, if we get if we get Rafinha, that's the end of Saka. I mean, that's not the case at all. As you say, we could do we could literally get Rafinha and go, okay, you're the, you're the main you're the target man as a striker now. You you are now, you are now going to be our striker. Competition between you and say Zeus for striker, or there could be times when Rafinha's out of that right wing. We could put um, Saka out on the left. Tactically, it's all, there's going to be a lot of switching around to find the right formation for the right game for the, at the right time. It's not going to be a set free trio, and they've got to stay in that position. Them positions throughout the entire game. They're going to be switching around like you wouldn't believe. Mm. Exactly. And once we've got, if, well, touch wood, if we get the deals over the line for Jesus and. Rafinha, that then the the thing that we really need to do then is make sure that we are as creative as possible. And that does include this position that we were just talking about, about Tiedemans, mm. someone equally as creative on that side as Erdegaard can be on the other side. And we're going to have the people to finally put the ball in the back of the net, but mm. we need to supply them. So... Whether that is Tiedemans or uh, A and other, we definitely need that position, in my opinion, to be filled. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we. I, I do think it's a great idea to be going after this Lissandro Martinez as well, mm-hmm. because of we all know what happens with Tierney from time to time uh, throughout the yeah. season. So I think that's a really good purchase if we can get him over the line. But I equally think it's just as important to get this person uh, left eight as well. Whether that can be, as uh, you know, whether he can dip in and out of that position as well. Uh, Smith Rowe, which I'd like to see him have a run there at some point, or even uh, Vieira, Fabio Vieira, whether he can do yeah. it at some point as well. He's another one, Fabio Vieira, who's brought in. His reputation is, yeah, he likes to be out in the wing, but he can play across the front three and in where the guy plays as well. Yeah, exactly. He's, yeah. I don't know if you watched the interview he did on on the Arsenal website. Um, we said I prefer to be the player that, that breaks that breaks the lines, basically plays the ball and breaks, breaks mm. in between the lines and all that. So something we had, again, apart from Odegaard, we haven't really got the cut at the moment. So it's, again, it's, but again, we look at these, we look at all these players we're looking to bring in or we've brought in already. They're all versatile players, and not one of them you can say, bang, they are an out and out. Midfield, uh, centre back or left back, they're literally the most versatile. You couldn't be more versatile if you tried. Exactly. That's what he, that's exactly what he's trying to do with regards to, um, you know, emulate what they've got up in Manchester on the blue half of Manchester as well with that kind of signing. Um, welcome, Russ, as well. Great to see you there, mate. He's got a question in the box. What's the future for Balogun this season? I mean, for me, I'll start off. I just think that I really do hope that he gets another season on loan somewhere to have a full season. Well, in the previous show, you might remember, I was was talking whether whether it might be the better idea to keep him until January Mm. and then loan him out then because of the massive amount of football we've got in the run-up to the World Cup with the Europa League group stage being completed at that point. 
would he, if he went on loan for the whole season, this is the question I've got in my head, would he get the same amount of football that he could get by playing the Carabao Cup games for Arsenal mm. and all of the Europa League games for Arsenal? You know, if he went to another club, for example, would they have immediate trust in him to start games straight away so that he could get all those games <coughs> under his belt before the World Cup kicks off? That's the question. But at the same time, if Eddie's not getting starts in the game, in the team, in that those games as well, he would be the one to start in all of those games I've just mentioned, all the cup games and the Europa League games. So the more I mull it over, the more I think that it would be a better idea to send Balogun on loan for the whole season, personally, mm. so that he can get another... Another very good season under his belt. Hopefully, start banging in some goals, either for a champ, a championship, top half championship, um, chasing team, or sort of middle to lower league, sort of Premier League team. Uh, personally, mm. that's what I would prefer. What about you? You know what? I I would actually because as it, like you said, I'd keep I'll keep him till January at the very least. Because it's going to be once the season starts, it is going to be gaming. It's been a game. We'll have games every other day, pretty much. I was going to feel like that anyway, in terms of Arsenal. Because you'll be literally like two, three games in. Then you've got to do European competition starting early as well because of the World Cup. And then when, you, when that gets underway, apart from when the League Cup, we get the, we enter the third round or whatever, it's literally your uh, match day one, match day match day three, match day four, match day five, match day six, all literally week after week after week after week, respectively. So that all the games are being crammed in, we are going to need rotation. And it makes sense to have someone like Balogun in the Europa League squad group stage and in the early round of the League Cup, just giving that giving that game time there, gives our Premier League the Premier League eleven start the starters there the midweek rest spot that they are going to need because it is going to be that intense. Then come January, uh, come January, the window opens again for the winter. Reassess things, see, who else, see where we are as a club, see where he is in terms of his game time, if he wants to stay and, fight, and have a fight for the FA Cup and this on the, the old game here and then in the league. And see, also, another thing we've got to do, if, if there's anyone if there's anyone interested, make sure they're the right fit for what we want to get from him. If that makes sense. Don't just send him to any club, like a champion, a bog standard championship club of all due respect. Send him to a, send him somewhere where he's actually going to get that game time because that's a because that's a thing with the Borough, the Borough deal. It did take a bit of time for him to get into the squad, match day squad it properly, just get himself settled in. Yeah, we need, we need to send him off somewhere. I don't, I don't mind if it's, I don't mind if it's one of the teams at the bottom half of the league or a team in the champion. I don't care where it is as long as it's the right, the right fit and he's going to actually get the game time. Because that's where we've gone. We went wrong with him last year in terms of both. We did take time, and we went wrong with uh, Miguel Aziz as well. We sent him out yeah. to Pompey, and it basically he didn't. We had to call him back after halfway through the season because we weren't getting the game time. I think with the. Both of them, with Aziz and Balogun, I think it was quite a good choice to start off with. It just didn't quite work out as planned. It made sense at the time, but I'm saying... It, yeah, it, no, it, it did. Because just do our checks. Time and time again, we're getting word on... We're getting the 
gentleman's handshake off. Yeah, of course we'll give them game time. No problem. Get them, send them over there and get them the game time. We saw it with Eddie as well. I know he had Bamford in front of him, but it's just... And the Leeds fans love him as well, even now, Eddie. But he just never got he never got a chance at Leeds. And again, we had to... A setter comes in, see that's happening, calls him back. But we've repeated that same mistake a couple of times now. We just need to do a due diligence this time, come January. And if, it, if there's no one suited, that will definitely guarantee him some game time, even if it's a mid-table championship team. Keep him. Keep him back. Because I don't want us to send him out for the sake of sending him out. No. That doesn't, that doesn't benefit anyone in the situation. No, exactly. He doesn't have to be named in a 25-man squad either because no. of his age. But, uh, you know... I, It'd have to be for me a championship team that are going to be pushing for playoffs or even uh, automatic promotion. So they, he is going to get fed a lot of chances to score goals. I don't want him in a struggling team where they're going to be really struggling to create chances for him. I don't think that's going to benefit him too much. No, and also we saw. I think we had a uh, Premier League wise, the five sub wars being brought in, hasn't it? So yeah, that's think about as well. Maybe it could. He could be named occasionally on the bench or against against the likes of a Nottingham Forest of all due respect. One of the teams that have just come up or the teams that are struggling, home or away, just name them on the bench. And if if there's there's something he can sort of help benefit us in certain games, is a good option to bring on because it's an unknown quantity that the he won't know what to, how to uh, approach that with. Mm. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Uh. Welcome to uh, Mr. Bungle. Welcome to Troy. Welcome to Shane. Uh, thank you ever so much for all, all you for joining us. Uh, Steve's put, my worry is that Arteta might overthink and complicate things with all these multi-positional players. Do you think there is anybody in the coaching staff that could get him to keep it simple? So, simple answer to that, no. <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's I think he's like the overriding iron fist type of guy personally. I think that's the way he comes across. I think Albert Steibenberg is you know, I don't think he's the type to really challenge him as such. I don't think he comes across as that type of guy. Um so yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. But I don't I don't know. I, th I think he's finally getting the team that he really wants with all the players that he really wants to play the way that he really wants. So I'm more encouraged by that really I think we've all seen in flashes the type of exciting football that we can play and what we're capable of and what he's looking to do and I think with these additions that he's making now they really do fit that style of play and he wants to keep the ball but you know defend by keeping the ball like Man City do if you can't get the ball off us and we've got the ball in their half then they can't score and remember that comment he made about 300,000 passes or something after one of the games that he hasn't got the players to do that at the moment. That's what he wants to create. And um, the players that he's buying is that type of type of player. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes, really. Shane's put an um, interesting one. What's the price of the New Jersey in the UK? In Ireland, it's 90 euros, and to get my two boys a jersey, it's 70 each, so that's 230 euros. I will buy them, but why are they so expensive? I don't know why they're so expensive. It's, it's just a ridiculous prices, and it shows you this one, it's an original jersey, but I got it recently from Kitbag for 20 quid. Uh, 
and they obviously made a good decent profit on that by selling it to me for 20 quid um, so it just shows you the markup on these things but the basic jersey without any badges or you know name on the back if you buy it from the armory 70 quid i don't know what that equates to in euros so. but um yeah, i shouldn't be saying this but i'm happy to say i've actually recently taken delivery of two jerseys one retro jersey which is the red current last of season at Highbury one the bird camp yeah. on the back yeah exactly and um this season's new home top with a collar yeah and i bought i bought them from uh online i can send you the link if anyone's interested cost me 16 pounds something per jersey and the quality is absolutely fantastic one of them the home jersey i had to give it to my son because he's bigger than me taller than me but he's a bit carrying a few less pounds um and i would say that you have to it was a bit too too tight for me so you'd have to order a size up but the quality i'm brilliant absolutely brilliant you can could not tell the difference and the especially the red current one fitted me perfect the size was perfect um and if you think about it that way because i've got three kids everyone knows that talk about it before i could get them all three kits they've already got the brand new black away kit and the pink one as well i can get them all three for the, for less than the price of one shirt from the armory so for me it's a no-brainer personally and when you can't tell the difference when you look at them i don't see the point in paying 70 quid for a shirt when i can get it for 16 quid delivery was without about two weeks as well so I can't grumble, can't grumble at that. And that's what I'll be doing, mate. I know it won't be lining KSE's pockets either. No, I mean, literally, like as I say, that the shirt you got on there, I got that last year when it came with during the Europe, just through the UI final. Um, and yeah, on it, there no name, no nothing on the back, on the size of the back or whatever. Yeah, back then it was 60, but it's got it's got the tenner, like the, just for that, it's got up to 70, now, like 70 pounds. It's not just an arsehole for us to cut all the clubs in the, in the league now. Yeah, and it will. We put it up an extra fiver because of the, the charity element as well, haven't we? They're saying a £5 for every shirt goes oh, to yeah, charity, which is great. Shirt, technically, it's a fiver. It's gone up. In terms of exactly. It's a fiver's gone up, but it's, it's, we're paying an extra fiver. So it's 70, 70, so technically, it's paying 65 because fiver of that goes down to the, the, their own um, local charities in Bowery. Borough of Eastington, sorry. Um, and that's, I'm sure they account for all the shirts as well, not just the home shirt, right? as they as and when they come out for the summer. But um, again, I mean, I'm, I'm, people know, know me on my channel. I think I've said it a few times earlier. I've been a massive advocate of back in the day, growing up, home shirts, away shirts. You, you get two, three years. They're, they're the release one. Hmm. Yeah, but you, get, you get two, three years out of it. Then they'll check in. So, for example, you like your home shirt changes. One uh, that would last two, three years, and in the, in, the, in the second year of that, the away shirt would change. So it all sort of be you get a new shirt per se, but obviously you would get two, three years out of them back in the day. And the prices back then were like thirty-five quid just for a plain shirt. That, that, that's your what you're wearing now. Back, about 10, 15 years ago, but it's, it seems 
I noticed it obviously when we once we had Nike, because only happened when when we had Nike, it was like 30, again forty five pound for the shirt and all that. The second we went with we obviously back in twenty was it twenty fourteen with Puma onwards, it just skyrocketed up out of control. We were getting ran down our throats three different kits a season now. Not I didn't buy any Puma ones. Not including oh. not including the uh the, the merch, the usual merchandise. I mean, with Adidas, this with Adidas deal, it seems there's something in place that come the winter, like November, December, before Christmas, they they released that 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 year's version of a retro range to get everyone. And it's, it's ridiculous, funny as that again. It's like a hundred quid. Mate. The cheapest things are like eighty quid. It's not even cheap there. There is. A, I have found a, a little knack though that anyone that's PayPal, if you obviously. We, if you want to line the pockets of the, of the club and all that, there's a way around it to bring the price down somewhat, but it pays off in instalments. Over, uh, it's a pain free. So basically, if you use pay, if you have PayPal, you and you're, as you're going through checkout and all that, it gives you the option yeah. of your payment method. You choose PayPal, and as when it, when it logs you into your pay, your late PayPal thing, it'll give you an option of obviously you can pay the full price, or if you look down further down your screen. There's a thing that says paying free, zero interest, don't pay any interest. It's literally you're paying that off, paying free installments. So you pay a, a, a percentage of that. We both have free payments, exactly free payments. So you'd be literally paying the same payment every month, but in free, free installments. So, for example, you wanted the home shirt that's currently out, you could pay that off in literally. It'd be it'd be cut cut down into three payments, and that might that might less soften the blow for you. It depends on obviously how much quantity you're bringing in as well. But it's just a little root round of not paying a full instalment in one hit, especially for the bit for the fact uh, the fact the ones of kids and families. It sort of brings down the price a bit. Especially yeah. living and all that now. That well, exactly. Well, I've got the the original home shirt as well from last season mm. um again from kit bag and that was 36 so it's so if you wanted to specifically buy the original wait until the next season <laughs> That's a, you know it's another way of saving some money but uh yeah stan said last time i saw legs like that they were hanging out of a nest <laughs> <laughs> and russ wants to know why well, you put a question in saying are you wearing pants I'm, wearing I'm not wearing boxes. I am wearing shorts. Sorry. <laughs> I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> it's hot. Leave him alone. <clears throat> Very hot. Very hot. Uh, oh, yeah. Air fryer. I can't. I don't know how I live without my air fryer now, Mr. Bungle. Uh, it's unbelievable. I cook everything in my air fryer. And um, salt and pepper chicken wings sounds amazing. I have to uh, see what I've got in the freezer. Um, yeah, and the Arsenal Misfit said it seemed like there was a new kit release after every loss, which is very yeah. true. <laughs> the same one, <laughs> very true that's, indeed. Especially after the, was it after the Tottenham defeat, they released the uh, latest retro range of jackets and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, that's right. Go away, you've put us off the Tottenham, piss off. <laughs> and right, Mr. Bungle said Ryan's wearing a thong made of licorice. <laughs> oh, a bit, a bit of sick came in my mouth there, Mr. Bungle. Thanks for what, that. What reflects your boat, Mr. Bungle? What reflects your boat? It <laughs> <laughs> was that. There was that guy in the uh, in the chat for for a while. When he kept telling us to put our shirts oh, on back to front. 
I can't remember. Dean Smith. That was weird, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, Dean Smith, that's right. Yeah, Norwich <laughs> manager. Yeah, make that make sense, actually, being Norwich. Uh, what do you guys make of Webb being the new top ref? Will he make a difference? I'm actually quite encouraged about that. I mean, he was one of the refs I've never really had a major problem with. Um, not, not, <laughs> not saying he's, that's going to make him a, a good ref chief, if you like, but uh, I did like the cut of his jib. You know, he and he was quite often the one that was chosen to go and be the English representative in like the World Cup or the Euros, wasn't he, mm. as well, quite often. He got, booed, he, got World Cup, he got the World Cup final gig, didn't he? He got booed. Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah. Well, I, I, anything's got to be better than Mike Riley. Um, oh, yeah, literally. Anything's got to be better. Apparently, it's all from what, because it came out yesterday, what we're touching on here about Mike Riley step, stepping down at the end of next season or now, I don't, whenever he's stepping down from his role. It's based on, it's basically based on the, no, the investigation we had during the season of uh, the mm. yellow card. It's basically. Jacker. Yeah, it's, it's all got it all, it all dicks back to that. It, weren't, it wasn't a player, they weren't investigating the player or whoever for the club, it was actually they're investigating the officiate. <laughs> it turns it, out the betting, the legal betting was coming within your authority. The, the, the wasn't it? I mean, I haven't read the full story yet as well, and I don't know who it is or anything, but I, I heard someone from somewhere I can't remember where it was now saying that four other people from within the PGMOL have, have stepped down as well on top of Mike Riley's res resignation. We've got Mike, well, obviously Mike Riley, but also to, well, we've got three or four Before, of us that have been forced into retirement and suddenly out of nowhere we're tight into the season. Mike Dean, yeah. Ron Moss. Um, well, they're too decrepit to carry on. So. John Moss, was it Kavanaugh? I can't remember if it's Kavanaugh. I can't remember now. I can't remember now. There's Put the people in the chat might know, but there's like four. There've been four referees that've been forced into forced into retirement. They had no intention of retirement, but they announced what Mike Dean announced it himself. And the, I think there's three more would, came at the end of the season, and then this has happened. Oh, John Moss yeah. is about seventy-two, so he had to retire as well. It wasn't just his age; it was literally. He, he, I don't get how he's a referee, how long he was. He's not exactly <laughs> an athletic. Referee, so we say. No, no, exactly. But we had it's going to be a tough job for them to suddenly find all their replacements as well yeah. over, overnight, pretty much. But it might force them into something, might force them into having a re, re jiggle and, and putting in something like, well, remember, I my uh, suggestion was like a some kind of ref university mm. can keep churning yeah. them out all the time, like uh, so they they properly get taken on. You know, and go through this the system and work their way up, you know, from through the leagues quickly, fast track, mm. you know, and keep keep churning these guys out. So maybe they might need to do something like that. But um, yeah, it, for me, I, I think it's quite positive that it's him rather than someone. Cause, uh, you know, there was that rumor. I don't know where it came from, but I think I saw it on WhatsApp about Mike Dean being the one to replace oh, Mike Riley, that. and that would be like out of the yeah. frying pan into the fire, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, so to sure. bring back Webb from the MLS, I think that's quite a good, good move, yeah. really. I think my, initially before the before the, the uh, Howard Webb news came out, I was in one of the groups. That's I was I can't remember his name now, but um, 
the ex the ex referee Italian, it used to be the referee in Italy. I can't remember his name. Kalina. Kalina, that's the one. Yeah. He, he, he was he was a one for sticker for the rules. And far as I'm away, he didn't get done for corruption at any time whatsoever. And he's I think he's the um head of the referee side of things at FIFA as well. So he's got experience, so so to speak, and it would have been ideal. And obviously, as it would have been bringing him in, would have meant the possibility of bringing in a more universal, at the start of anyway, um, referees from referees from all over the place. Mm. Whilst they put in a scheme, like you said before, about uh, from the youngs from the from the ground roots, that all the way from the ground roots up, of uh, bringing bringing the next generation of referees and making the rules simple. Pure and simple, and not so complicated. Like the offside rule, one, like one, literally one paragraph, no more, no mess, no if buts or maybes. This is offside. If if it's his literally his finger now or his hair swishing in the wind, you get the benefit of fucking doubt. Move on. Mm. Handball is handball. If it's deliberate, if it's deliberate, use VAR. If you can't tell if it's deliberate or not, use VAR. You can tell, you can tell slow mo or not. If it's deliberate, if someone, if it's a Penalty shout you know, in terms of what well, was going back to David Louise against Wolves a couple of years ago, where he didn't make an attempt to take the player, and because he didn't do that, it was a red card. But if he had made if he had made an attempt to take the player and wiped him out, it would have been a booking. Change that completely, switch it back around where it makes sense. Where if he doesn't make this contact, it's not a booking or a red. If he makes full intent to take the player out and knock the ball. It's a red things like that make the rules clean, clear, and simple. No more if buts and maybes, like a loophole here, a loophole there. None of that because that's well, not helping the referees at out at all. No, and, and the thing is, why is it fair that players and managers have to come out and explain themselves after poor performances? But the referees, but referees don't. don't. Yeah, I just think it's. Stupid. And one, just one quick thing. Sorry, just before you carry yeah. on, I heard that um, uh, Steve put something in there. If Mike Dean has anything to do with VAR, it would be gone at the end of the season. It's. Um, I heard that he might be staying on to carry on doing VAR and and John Moss and all the older ones. But I don't know whether that's still the case anymore after everything that's going on. Uh, behind the scenes, not, there not because they can't, they're not fit enough and old, you know, young enough to run around on a pitch anymore. It doesn't mean that they can't be sitting behind a screen being a VAR. So I don't know whether that's going to be the case hmm. or not anymore. No, but but yeah, I mean, they should be regulated. On, so, yeah, sorry, it depends on what Howard Webb's mindset's at, where he wants what he wants to do to stamp his authority as. Is your sound gone? One sec, microphone's gone. I know, I can hear you fine. Well, I could hear him. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree with you, Steve. The ref should have the regulation, um, the worst performing rest. I don't know about being sent to the championship. I just think they should be, you know, maybe suspended for a couple of games and, hmm. you know, What's the championship done to deserve that? <laughs> um, the Arsenal Misfit said, Kalina, sorry for the spelling, was just plain scary. He was. His eyes, his eyes were just, you know, they bore right through you, didn't they? They were like laser beam eyes. Um, 
For offside, just use the feet. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Uh, Dean included that in a statement, I believe. What included that he wasn't going to be doing VAR or what, that he was, Steve? I don't know. I don't know what you mean there. I didn't see that. I mean, if he puts out a statement, I generally just sort of just skip over it. I'm not that interested. But, um, yeah, things that... You mentioned it the other week, and it's one of the most annoying offsides ever, but um, Bamford, when he was pointing yeah. where he wanted the ball, point offside. Because uh, you cannot score with your arm. So, I mean, you how that Stupid. No, exactly. So, yeah, things like that are just absolutely ridiculous. And it's not, you, you, you're not got, um, I mean, offside is obviously there to stop the forwards having an advantage over mm. the other team, but that's not giving you an advantage for putting your arm out. No. It, it's your feet. Like I say, it's, it's your feet that you do the running with that uh, gives you the advantage. But yeah, it's just, the whole thing needs a complete and utter. We we watched that League Cup final on this on my. So we watched that League Cup final on my channel a few months back, and the amount of offsides were literally being in line with the defender's arm was ridiculous. Mm. But um, in terms of what you said before about the referees not really coming out and explaining their bad decisions in the game, is that there's only two, there's only two times I can say that's actually happened. In the Premier League in my time, that was Mike Halsey when Arsenal, when Arsenal played away to Fulham in the 0405 season, and that was to explain why he, he initially gave a penalty against Arsenal and then went to speak to his assistant and changed his mind once he spoke to his assistant. That's the, and then obviously uh, a couple of years prior to that was Paul Durkin and uh, um, May United versus Newcastle at Old Trafford. She got taken out by Tim Howard, I think it was. And because of how because of how far away he was from the action, he didn't see it. He said, "If I'd seen it, I hold my hands." I mean, if I'd seen it, I would have given it. If I was closer to closer to it, or my assistant was closer to it, and we've seen that what actually happened, we would have given it. Apart from them two incidences, though, we don't. The two protected. Mike Riley came in, got that role, and for the last thirteen years, has put things in place to protect the referees, his mates. To, the, to extreme levels. We saw last year, uh, for example, um, Liverpool v Palace at Selhurst Park, a last-minute penalty was given, and it was a dive. It was literally Yotta jumped into the goalkeeper, jumped into the goalkeeper and got a penalty. And they won, Liverpool, he won the game. Vieira's gone over. It wasn't shouting and screaming, this, that, that, but he went over. and He just asked. You could hear the microphone. He was asking, how is that a pen? Can you explain to me? Because at the end of the day, this is my job on the line. If things go pear shaped now, this could cost me my job. And all the referees do, the referees do now point and tell them to go away, piss off, basically. And if they don't, they get a fine. Yeah, I know. I've really, I've just literally so obviously before the show, which is sorry by the way for everyone listening on playback or obviously watching now about the sporadic nature of the starting times of this show it's not really possible for me to give you a specific time every single week because of mm. the way i look after my kids and everything it changes from time to time the times i've got taken back and stuff like that so but i've been traveling to and from the, the kids on the way to doing this show and i've only just seen a tweet from fabrizio romano saying 
Gabriel Jesus is a done deal. I don't know if I've actually seen that, but it's a, he tweeted it out at half past six. I was in the car at that point. It's a hundred percent done. He signed until twenty twenty seven. Um, Edu and Arteta, the key to the deal. And he, there's a picture of him. It doesn't look like it's photoshopped in an Arsenal shirt. Is that? Yeah, that's the old Arsenal shirt as well. Yeah, the old Arsenal shirt. shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Fabrizio's so, been using that. I think he, wanted, he, got, he got one of his minions to knock that up for him. So, yeah, I didn't realise that it was properly confirmed. Obviously, not by the club yet. Oh, don't be silly. The club don't do things like that. But uh, there was. They won't until they've done all the videos and interviews right. and uh, all that. Yeah, won't they? But yeah, I've only just seen that, it, that he's tweeted that out. So I'm a bit behind the times there. So that's good news. Really good news. Um, Stephen Denham just put a message in. Hi, guys. I'm going to have to watch this back. I've missed too much. You, know, you can still watch the, watch the rest of it with us, Steve. You can watch the beginning bit later. Um Stan, I wonder how many Premier League refs will be officiating as this year's at this year's World Cup. Oh, yeah, none. Um, I remember the days though when we did have some decent refs that were always at the World Cup. I mean, yeah. I, I say decent, but they w- it was better better than than it was better standing than what we've got at the moment. Put it that yes, way. exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'd like to see some more, but not that I, not that I care any less about refs really. But it was nice to yeah. have some. British representation. Uh, was it 2006 we had Graham Palmer presenting us? Four years later, obviously, as you said, Howard Webb. But as always, we always had that the top, whoever it was, the top English ref in the country, we'd always send, we'd always be able to send over to represent as an English ref to the World Cup or the Euros, respectively. Mm. And since Wenger came out a few years, I think it was. Was it his last season? Was it his last season or season before last? We played West Brom on New Year's Eve, and Mike Dean had given a ridiculous penalty against Gibbs. I think it was the year before. You know, actually, it was the, the year we won the FA Cup, so the year before he left and all that. But yeah, he came out and said, "Look, come to World Cup. The World Cup's next in a few months' time, or next year, whenever. I can guarantee you, no no English ref will be at that World Cup." And he was right. And ever since then. We, in any any major tournament, we haven't had an English representative refereeing in either the World Cup or the Euros. Yeah, it's a bit embarrassing when you consider that it's they officiate in the supposed best league in the world, the our refs, and none of them are good enough to go to a World Cup or Euros. That is pretty embarrassing. Really. Yeah. Steve's put, uh, I'm not religious, but I'll be praying to Jesus. Yeah, I'll be praying to, every single week for him to score goals, mate, as well, uh, or assist. Um, Mike Dean being replaced by Man United, loving Howard Webb. Great, says uh, Russ. Uh, Eddie will probably be showing him around, uh, and this is the tunnel, says Stan, um, mm. <laughs> to Gabriel Jesus. That's right, he probably will. Um, and the Arsenal misfit, who was the last ref at the World Cup? Mark Clattenburg? I think it was. I think it was probably Mark Clattenburg, wasn't it? Is it Clattenburg or Webb, one of the two? What, 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 what year was the World uh, Welsh one? Was it 20, the South Africa, wasn't it? 2010. Um, so 2010, 2014 would have been. Yeah. yeah Clattenburg, be, yeah. It must be Clattenburg. Yeah. I, mean, he, I didn't have too many problems with Clattenburg. I think he was our 
half decent, wasn't he? We don't really have much beef with him. He was half decent. Um, but yeah, that's uh, an interesting one, really. I think. But yeah, and Steve also going back to what I said before. Steve sort of confirmed that Mike Dean confirmed that he was going to be carrying on doing VAR in his uh, statement. I don't know about uh, John Moss and other ones like that, but I suppose in the interim period when they they are short, they might be worthwhile keeping those older ones on to do VAR. Makes a bit of sense, I suppose, whilst they train up some mm. new ones in the background. Um, James. Welcome, James. Nice to see you, mate. It says, <laughs> Evening. Got a question for you both. You can have a Pizza Hut buffet with one current Arsenal player. Who's it going to be and why? Um, uh, I'm not going to sell people player, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has what to be a Pizza Hut buffet as well. Can't it be a Carvery or something? No, I'm joking. But, <laughs> um, that's an interesting one. Um, oh. One current Arsenal player. Oh, it's an easy one, actually, when you think about it. I think it'll be Kieran Tierney for me. He'll be walking in there with his uh, carrier bag and then he'll probably ask for a takeaway as well. Say I've, I've left too much here. I want, can I take away all these leftovers, please, in my bag? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think he'd be quite a good laugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you could have Ben White because all the, the birds he'll bring with him as well. That'd be quite nice. Um yeah, no, probably, um, yeah, probably Kieran Tierney for me. I don't think, I think I'd have more in common with him than anyone else. Uh, I think as well, a bit of a laugh. He's oh, a, yeah, yeah, he's a good he shout. He has, a, he has a bit of a bad, uh, levels as well, you know, to have a laugh and all that, so. Yeah, yeah. that's a good shout. Good shout as well. Ramsdale would probably be a yeah. good good close second but I think he'd be really yeah. down to earth Kieran Tierney I've seen it yeah uh, but that's a great question James keep more like that coming in I love them um, Shane's put who in your opinion will be the first English manager to win the league how close can this happen great question um, Until Pep mm. goes and Klopp goes, I don't think we're going to see that, to be honest. No, no, I mean, it's, gonna, it's not going to be any time soon, put it that uh, way. If you, if you um, ask who's the, who, the only one that's going to be somewhat close to possibly achieving that, that's because of the finances, is Eddie Howe at Newcastle at some point. That's but, good, that's, yeah. But it's only, uh, that's only, again, that's only because of where he's at at the moment. If he's still there, by the time Pep and Cobb leave and he's assembled a good enough team to compete for a title, you might we might actually finally see an English manager actually win this English league. How <laughs> many attempts? But apart from that, I think it's going to be a long time waiting, in my opinion. Apart from that, English managers, there's very few of them, aren't there now? Not many. I mean, Graham Potter could get a move to a, a bigger club, potentially, at some point. Um, if he carries on doing as well as he is with Brighton, he could get a move somewhere, which would give him a chance. But yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I think I've been quite vocal with my sort of doubts about Graham 
um, not Graham, uh, Eddie Howe, mm. long time. Um, for many seasons now, uh, when he was at Brighton, uh, Bournemouth, sorry, uh, I think he just forgot that, that he had to get points after Christmas. You know, he got enough points up until December to keep, and everyone's thinking, oh, are they going to make it into Europe? Blah, blah, blah. They're flying, got look, but he made sure he got enough points as quickly as possible, and then all of a sudden they went up a cliff after Christmas. So, um, that's going to be a big thing. That's going to be a big thing for him this season. Well, big thing, obviously, because he came in halfway through the season. It took a bit of time to get things going. Once he did, obviously, they saw the season that the way they did. Oh, they're going to go. Is is this team going to go down that route of getting to the forty mark as quick as possible, and then just do a Southampton and fall off a cliff? Because if they do, then we we know our answer in terms of that question. It won't be him winning being the first English manager. It's going to be um, really interesting to see how he copes with all this money, you know. And they, they seem to be, they seem to be at the moment quite sensible with who they're buying. They, they seem to be doing it gradually. Yeah, they're not, they're not, not, going to, not trying to go from like there, like, up to there. there, just building. They're not so, doing the Chelsea. No, no, exactly. So it, it will be interesting to see how he copes with that. And he's never really had money ever before no. in the past. He's wasted quite. That's another point about him. He, his, the players he brought in when he was at Bournemouth, he spent a lot of money on, and a lot of them failed, didn't they? They were yeah, very all, all of all of Paul all due respect, was it uh, Klein? Mm. Was it 25, 30 mil there? Solanke, they just this season gone in the championship at the championship there. That's saying something. And he's been there about what five or six years or something yeah. like that, and he's only just started to hit the ground running. Yeah, there's someone else in the before they brought um, for 30, 35 million. It's like hadn't played a game ever for Liverpool, and he just took that risk. Like, he never worked out again. Yeah, so, so that's yeah. interesting as well. Yeah. Um, James has put about the his question. I'm going to pick Erdegaard. Think he can sneak me some slices so I can't look as fat. Tactical selection. Jordan Ibe, that's it. Jordan Ibe. Yes, Jordan Ibe. Yeah. Steve, the Arsenal misfits, but I would pick Ramsdale. He's not a dual character. Very good <laughs> point. Uh, Stand the man agrees. Said Eddie Howe maybe. Mm. Um, Steve, the Arsenal misfits said Eddie Howe probably has the best shot. Yeah. Uh, Shane. I think United should have gone for Graham Potter. Another good shout, but again, but the thing with Graham Potter, where he's at his career, does he? Be, I know, I know it's Manchester United, the name and all that history behind it. But does he really want to go from where he's at Brighton at the moment, with a team, a young vibrant team he's got there, to a team in dis a club in disarray? Not just a team, a club in disarray that is at United at the moment. Well, this is the problem. Yeah, this is the this is the problem. I don't. I think he would have a similar issue to what the problems I think that Eric Ten Hag is going to have there. I think he might have had mm. the same problems. Uh, Steve the Arsenal Misfit said, "How made our manager look like a chump in the last game? He did definitely. They definitely did yeah. outplay us. You're right. Um, I'm not sure that that makes him a better manager as such, just because of that game. But yeah, he did. They totally outplayed us on that day. Um." How bought well in January? He did. Um, that's right. Um, I say they, it was when he was at Bournemouth. He made some really dodgy transfers, yeah. and they just wasted a lot of money. Considering Bournemouth didn't have any money, 
uh, at all. Um, I don't. I wonder how much. I wonder how much input he's got on Newcastle as well. I mean, I don't know. He might have head been coach, so, well, exactly. He's, he's head coach. I, just, I assume it's someone else. Being he'll have an input in terms of uh, these are the sort of players I want. These are the type of players I want, and they're just going okay. We'll we'll go with the, 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 that that model, whatever, and we'll just pick players, and you just got to work with it basically. Well, this is it, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how much input he's actually got. I'm sure he makes some, you know, the suggestions, like you said. But um, whether he makes his final decision, I don't know. Uh, Chris Nixier once just said he got Jordan Ibe. Um Chris as well said, "Don't get the Graham Potter hype." To be honest, I think from what he's done to lift Bournemouth, uh, Bournemouth got Bournemouth, Bournemouth and Brighton now on the south coast. <laughs> what he did with Brighton, though. To get them to their highest ever league position, playing really, really good football without without a real striker. Let's be honest, uh, someone to actually put all the chances they create into the back of the net. I think he's done an amazing job, really. When you see where they've come from, uh, when they had Chris Hewton in charge, and they just about escaped relegation on that last date, and now being right up there as, a, as an established top ten team. Like I say, playing some wonderful football. I think he's done a, a brilliant, brilliant job, to be honest with you. I think he's a really good manager. Um, I suppose it's a matter of taste. Um, James Johnson said, haven't Newcastle just got the recruitment guy from Liverpool? If so, I think he'll just uh, he'll just be told you... Sorry, I'm going to need to put my glasses on. Sorry, James. Let me just do, do your comment justice. Have a Newcastle just got the recruitment guy for Liverpool? If so, I think he'll just be told you do the managing, we do the rest. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah well, I think it's Brighton the guy came from. Brighton recruitment. Brighton, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Shane, did you did you watch Riera on what I well, you are what you wear, basically. Just got what it means to play for Arsenal straight away. Um, hmm. I haven't seen it actually. No, I've I'll, I'll, I'll send you a link afterwards. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The PT the, the set, but basically, uh, the idea is the, the thing behind it is basically um, to get a player in every every episode, different player every episode. Get all, and literally, up, know the little rail things used to get like a bit closing and all that, hanging up and all that. Yeah. Basically, I've all their shirts been as a from a from when they started playing football all throughout their careers, the iconic ones like ones that stand out from in their careers. With what, so I think his first Arsenal shirt, his first ever Arsenal shirt, the away shirt in Knights of the '98, Arsenal's Invincible shirt, obviously, and a few couple of others afterwards, like the uh, football four or five season, mm. the Juventus shirt, the Milan shirts, the thing and France shirts, and all that. And they ask him, like, basically, just goes through his career, how how he felt at that time, what it meant to play for ex club or ex manager, da 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 da, at that point of his career. And um, yeah, when it comes to when it comes to the Arsenal part, yeah, whenever it was asked about his favourite shirt, he kept going back to his first, the first home one he ever wore in the ninety six, when he first, when he first came in ninety six, ninety seven. Hmm. That, that first, that red and that. Well, obviously, when we won the title up like the following season, but yeah, that red and white because it was obviously the, that first major step up in his career at that level. 
And obviously working with Arsene Wenger and being, and obviously he says, Arsene Wenger called me and said, I'm going to ask you, do you want to come with me? And he, get, he came back and said, I'll go, I'll go wherever you go, boss. And then obviously throughout the career, and, obviously, and, it, and it goes to the Invincible season, he said, we just felt like we could win any game, we could win any game, we had each other's backs, we didn't feel like anyone, that people could, that, that anyone in that team in that season could come up against us and beat us in the league. Yeah, it's gone on and gone on. We've got more, more, more confident. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, definitely need to watch that. Sounds great. Yeah. Uh, Chris Nix, uh, apparently Newcastle have thirty-five players. I can well believe it because I don't think yeah. they've sold any yet, have they? No, I mean, no, no Nick Pope didn't they as well last week? Nick Pope from yeah. Burnley. Yeah, yeah, ten million. That was a ten bargain. Million, I didn't know he's thirty though. I thought he was younger. Than, I thought he's in his just over his mid twenties. Yeah, but that's sort yeah, of just about entering your prime, really, for a yeah, goalkeeper. For a goalkeeper, but yeah, so, ten million. Yeah, that. Ten million for. Any, well, I mean, that's probably part of that, partly down to being relegated, but before yeah, but when you think well, Southampton have signed. I can't remember his name. But they signed um, uh, Manchester City youngster goalkeeper um, for twelve oh, million. Yeah, it was at Portsmouth last season, wasn't he? He's now gone yeah, back. And that's the only loan he's had, really, of any note. And twelve million quid they've paid for him. Yeah. And when you consider that he does Pope for ten, that's absolutely ridiculous. And it makes you think what we actually are going to get for Leno when you look at that Nick Pope thing. Because mm. he's obviously only got a year left on his contract as well. So kind of, um, yeah. I just thought that was odd. I, I thought it was really odd for Burnley to sell to. Moneybags, Newcastle, the richest club in the world by about 10 times, and they've only asked, only asked for 10 million quid. You think, yeah, of course you can have him, but he's going to cost you 25. Um, crazy, really crazy. Um, Troy, uh, what would you rate this window if we get Rafinha, Jesus, and maybe one more signing? Well, we have to include Vieira in that, Fabio Vieira. Yeah. Um, well, so he's a youngster, yeah, yeah. So, and the guy from Emberdale. So, we've got the goalkeeper Rafinha, Jesus, and Vieira. Um, so we have to rate it on that. If, if, mm. but if we maybe get one more signing, if we say for if the one more signing is Martinez or Tielemans. I mean, if it, let me rephrase that. I think it would be different for me if if that final signing is either Martinez or if it's Tielemans. Because hmm. I think we need Tielemans more than we need Martinez, personally. However, I do think we still need Martinez. But if, if we didn't get Martinez and we got Tielemans, I would make it virtually... Virtually perfect. I mean, I'd give it a nine out of ten, maybe. Yeah. If it's um, if we don't get Tiedemans and we get Martinez, I'll probably make it an eight. Yeah. I'll agree. I'll agree Even though I'd be really happy with all of the signings, I still think would be a midfielder short. Mm. Do you agree? Yeah. Basically, yeah. I can't disagree with that at all. So. Yeah. Let's put one or two more questions in the chat, guys, before we call it a day. 
Um, if anyone's got anything uh, you want us to answer um, before we go, uh, Stan put a comment in. If Edu pulls all that off this summer, we should all chip in and get Edu a top draw barbecue. <laughs> Little shelves and shit. <laughs> totally great. Do you know what? I think we're paying a little bit extra and getting all the all the little um, barbecue tools to go with it as well in, in the, one of those boxes. You know, that you open up a nice wooden box and you've got all your, your tongs in there. And things like that in there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, maybe, depending on, we can check the price to get them, how much it would be to get them engraved at the same time. And also throwing a case of cigars as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we could crowd fund that within about twenty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> get all the on the on the box with all the the tools on there on the lid. Just get his name emblazoned on there with the date he did. He pulled off all those um, individual signings. That'd be amazing. Get a nice glass uh, of a nice bottle of red as well. <laughs> Shane, um, I still think we need Martinez and centre mid more than Rafinha. Saliba is like a new signing. I thought I totally agree. Well, 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 I'm going to know what it's not well, really, more, that side of our obviously our fan base. Nobody touches on that in these like sweat spaces and all that. It all sort of gloss over that the fact that Saliba hasn't played with the club and he is coming back. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Massive. But when I said I agree with that, I mean about Saliba being like a new signing. I don't yeah. actually agree that um, Rafinha is less important. I think we, with everything we've lost in attack and the amount of goals that we were lacking, I think Rafinha is going to be a much bigger signing than you think. I, th I really do think he's going to be a really important player if we get him. I was a bit funny at first. And you remember from two or three weeks ago when it first came out, I was thinking, do we really need to spend that much money on someone that plays in Saka's position? And I was, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I've come round to the the idea that it's it's really important that we do have not just backup players, but players that you have to think the worst case scenario that if Saka. God forbid, and I'm touching wood as we say this, he gets a bad injury and he's out for six months. You've got to have someone that can come way. in and be just as good, if not better. You know, a proper first-team player in each, each position, especially up front. I think it's really, really important. And considering the fact we have got this five-sub rule coming in now, I think he's going to get loads of minutes. And we've all been so, much, so worried about the amount of minutes that Saka's playing. To have someone like Rafinha that can take those minutes and the burden off him is really, really important. But also, the amount of, say, the amount of games we've got coming up and the fact that I think he's going to be used as uh, an unorthodox striker as well in some way. I think Rafinha is going to be um, not just there to play in Saka's role. I think he's going to play a lot more centrally in positions as well. But yeah, I, I I could put him just as important as, as bringing in another midfielder, if not more important actually. Yeah. I'll put him slightly more important than the midfielder. However, I'm not saying by saying that that the midfielder isn't really important. I really do think that. I've just said that in the previous answer what I said. Um, 
still think we need Martinez. Yeah, I just answered that one. I, I still think we need them all as well. Mm. Um, Russ, credit needs to be given to Eddie and Arteta, I think so, if that's the case. So let's not get too carried away before they're announced. But yeah. Um, <laughs> stand the man. Just cigars, get me a walking humidor. Uh, we need another central midfielder, says Russ. Totally agree. When's the next quiz, Ryan? We'll come on to that at the end when we say goodbyes. Says Shane. Um, Mane, 35 million plus add-ons. Jesus, 50 million plus add-ons. Both have one year. How the hell does that work? Well, only because of his age. I think mm. purely simply because Mane, although he's still a, a fantastic player for Liverpool, had well, was a fantastic player for Liverpool, he's what, 31 now? I think. I think he's 30. He's no spring chicken, put it that way. He's not going to get any sell-on value no. out of Marley. Um So that's that's why. I mean, this was, this was Marley's last big deal, basically. Yeah, and Jesus has not even properly entered his prime yet. So that's that's the reason. I think it's because of the age. Um, yeah. So, and I remember, one Premier League going to another. Uh, well, one club Premier League club to another as well. So there's sort of an excess there as well. That they sort of add on as well. We saw with Ben White last year, that's the English yeah. tax and all that. There's yeah. a Premier League tax nowadays as well. So I think that's another, as you say, like there's potential sell on value of Zayzus because he is 24 25 now. If it weren't to work out in a couple of years, obviously we can obviously get on, send him off a, and get our, not most of our money back, some of it back. Worst, I think no, worst case, I'm saying, worst case. Yeah, I when didn't. Marnay, there's no, as you said, there's no sell on value. He's in his first. Well, I, I, when I, my first reaction when I saw that what Marnay went for and all that, I thought, wow, I think Liverpool's done well there. Mm. Personally, I thought, yeah, but they've done really well there. To be honest, to, to get that much money for someone that desperately wanted to go, they had to get rid of him. They needed to recoup some money. Not saying that. I mean, he's it, obviously done an amazing job for Liverpool. But considering his age and the fact that he was really wanted to leave, I thought they did really well. Because if that had been Arsenal, <laughs> we'd be right. We would be ripping up his contract and it would go for nothing. I think <laughs> thirty-five million pound for Mane plus add-ons. I think it was quite quite a good deal. Personally, yeah. they had to sell him and they had to recoup as much money for him as possible because of obviously what they spent on Darwin Nunes. So. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I thought, and it's forty-five plus five um, mm. plus five add-ons, so it's not quite fifty. Because you, if you're going to put it like that, Mane was forty and yeah. Jay's fifty, so it's the same thing, but it's just ten million more. Um, and, and like I said, I, I think it's purely down to his age regarding that. And Stan said to finish off, so Saka will go back to the left-hand side and Rafinha on the right. And, Quite happy with that. His second could play anywhere, can't he? Um, but that means we've got so much, so many much more options up front mm. next next season. It's going to be really exciting. Also, as I say, like Mark, we were talking about Martinelli. Martinelli could be pushed down, down. He could be literally like he's all about strikers and all that. Vedi and Zezus playing across the front three. There's another one. Was it Martinelli? He can play across the front three as well. He can be pushed into that that sort of forward role. Join the game and all that, and see what he can do there as well. Smith Rowe, I should say, plays out on the left. He can also play. He can also pull back and play in that slot of where Odegaard plays. 
as well and help him out there as well. It's because different options for different formations as well. It's not just going to be a set formation for every single game. We're going to have different formations and majority of the time, we're, not majority of the time, there's going to be times where we're going to see, for example, another guy and Smith play alongside each other with a party in behind them as as the, the anchor in different formations where they're that's them to ahead of him. And then you've got your foot your forward field with Zezus, Rafinha, if you get Rafinha in, and Bacayo or Martin. We could have the entire front line as a Stop Brazilian. Some stages of games that'll be the case you know, with the substitutions and everything that's going on. We'll have an entirely Brazilian front line, which would be well, really remember, exciting. Remember when uh, France won the World Cup and it was literally putting all the like, on all the UK papers asked to win the World Cup in '98. If Brazil win the World Cup, we have when we have the front three. It'd be amazing. We've <laughs> That'd be fantastic. I'd be really rejoicing if that's the case. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we'll call it a day there. Hello to Energetic Man 99. Sorry you joined us a bit late. You have to watch us on the catch up. Everyone that's watching us, please give us a like before you go. It's really, really important. You know it is. You, how many podcasts do you like watch on YouTube? And everyone says it and they say it for a reason. So, please smash that like button for us. Um, uh, so yeah, Stan just put we now have variety, and that's what we've been missing, and that's, yeah. that's exactly right, Stan. A great place to leave it. So, thank you very much again, Ryan. It's been another good show. Back on your channel next week, yeah. Um, I'm not sure on my show that's usually scheduled for tomorrow, it's still obviously we've done this. Um, we've got one scheduled on your channel on Wednesday as well, yeah. we, Ryan. Um, yeah. for me, you're in Greengrass. Um, so I don't know whether I'm going to be doing one on my channel tomorrow. How much kind of the same stuff can you all watch and take? So we'll see uh, about that. But um, anything else apart from the Wednesday one? Anything else coming up? Obviously, got the Wednesday. I'll just say the Wednesday one at seven thirty UK time. Um, with myself, myself, you, and Greengrass. Maybe a cup. Maybe a new face. Maybe if he's available. Um, and obviously, this again on next. Well, this on my channel next Sunday. I'm taking over hosting for next week. And any transfer updates every now and if there's any breaking news, I'll cover come on live and cover that quickly. Uh, the quizzes, in terms of Shane's question earlier about the quizzes, it'll be in the next couple of weeks as Mike is currently on holiday with his family. So once he's back home, he is fully committed to bringing back the quiz. And with events of with the events of today, we, we will have new, a new champion every week, put it that way. Yeah, you know, exactly. you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dog's just saying goodbye. Say goodbye, Kyle. Kyle, Kyle. So, yeah, thank you to everyone watching. Like I said, please smash the like button, subscribe if you haven't done so already. Um, like, like I said, new person in the chat there. If you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe before you go. And we look forward to seeing you all uh, next week. Take care and have a good week. Bye bye.